Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Have another fantastic guest in store this week where I welcome in Jake Kelfer. You can check out all of his stuff on his website, jakekelfer.com. That's last name is spelled K-E-L-F-E-R. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur, a life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers helping people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses. He is the best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network, a high-energy motivational speaker and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which helps NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. And that's actually one of the things we talk about today is how he got on this podcast, um, reaching out to me and making that connection right away which ultimately got my attention, and here we go. He's on the podcast, and very excited to have him and have you all listen in on this great interview. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Jake Kelfer. Let's get it started. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to have you. Brian, pumped to be here, man. Let's get it going. Yeah, excited to, uh, to chat with you a little bit further about your journey. And here's where I want to start with you, um, and this, I think, is going to take us on a lot of different legs. When did you first discover, you know, this mission of doing some research before around networking around, well, obviously people elevating what they're doing, but really around the networking piece. And that's, it seems like that is a very important part of a lot of the things that you're doing today. So I'm curious, really when that idea came in your head, like when did you discover that was an important aspect to life, to business, to, you know, happiness, those type of things? Yeah, first of all, Brian, I mean, it's a great way to just jump right in to get going. I mean, this is going to be fun, uh, fun time together. But networking, like the idea of connection is everything. I mean, we don't have happiness. We don't have success. We don't have love. We don't have partnerships. We don't have business growth. None of that happens without our ability to connect with each other because everything that we do involves somebody else. Okay. Now, I'm going to take you back to my childhood. Okay. I'm very fortunate to have two parents who love me dearly and really wanted me to succeed. Um, and when I say succeed, they wanted me to live the fullest life I possibly could with what we had, right? And so they were always trying to instill in me the idea of being friendly to my friend's parents. So growing up playing sports, I was the one friend that always was best friends with the parents, mm-hmm. right? They taught me, you know, when you go to school, and this was young, even in junior high, they taught me like, Jake, when you have a question, go up to the teacher after on the first day of school and let them know who you are and that you're excited and ask a question. And most people... Most people don't even get taught that right away. And then second of all, most people don't even do that. And so from an early age, I was starting to build these connections and I started to see how people responded because of that. And I want to make it very clear, you're not sucking up to a teacher being a teacher's pet. You're simply building a relationship beyond the one-to-many approach into the one-to-one approach. And that's all you were doing because in human nature, we are going to have biases, right? You cannot be completely judgment-free or assumption-free. Mm-hmm. You will always have some type of bias or opinion towards somebody else. And a lot of that stems from that first interaction you have with them. So when you're in school, why do you think it's so important for high school students, college students to go up to their professor and get to know them? Because that person's going to start to feel invested on your head. So from a very young age, relationships were, that were so important to me, and I love people. At the end of the day, I just love people. I love getting to do this, having these conversations. Yeah. I love getting to talk to listeners who reach out after. I love getting coach clients. So all in all, you know, I think it started really young and it's become the, the hands down number one fundamental for everything that I've been able to do. Did you, uh, did you have any siblings? Were you an only child or? 
No, I have a younger brother. He's three and a half years younger than me, okay. and he is the man. Okay. Well, I was curious about that because, you know, I was a middle child, and I think I had the, I guess I had latched on to my older brother, um, and, and maybe I didn't feel like I had to go out and make as many friends or whatever, but I see this with my son now is I actually will make him, because he's an only child, I'll make him go up on, like, on the playground if he's like, you know, dad, can you come play? I'm like, well, I can't go up on that playground, dude. I'm like, why don't you go ask the other kids if you want to play? So for the last, like, I mean, he's eight now for the last three, four years, I've made him go up and just ask. And it's amazing now without even me prompting him, he'll go up to the kids and ask. And it's almost like he, to what, to your point, he's kind of learned that, Hey, if I want something, I need to go ask for, it. I need to go share some information early on so that I can maybe get what I want or not so much get what I want, but at least see if there's an opportunity here, you know? For sure. I mean, and, and, and here's the reason why sometimes it's so hard, especially when we're younger, is because we are so scared of, of the rejection. This could be when you're six years old on the playground, and already you know that if they say no, you feel like it's because of you, right? In business, when you're first starting, if that partnership doesn't come through, you feel like it's because of you, right? We're always scared to make that first move because of the fear of rejection when it comes to relationships. And when it comes to putting our business or ideas in front, we're, fit, we're scared of the fear of failure. Right. Because it all comes back to, are we good enough to build a relationship or to do the thing that we set out to do? So I love how you're talking about that because we can always be evolving. We can always be evolving and growing within our relationships, our ability to actually do something to take that first step and to try to start changing our behaviors. Yeah. Well, that's why I was curious when you, you know, obviously centering kind of your brand for lack of a better term around that networking piece it seems important and I, and I know it's important so that's what I wanted you to share a little bit more why is it important to you or why did you decide to structure like that way because uh, you could have I mean you obviously have a variety of different experience why did you decide that was most important for you well look I don't think there's anybody in the world or anyone that's listening to this that would disagree that networking is important where there is question is how important is it and do you know what it actually means to be a good connector uh, with mm -hmm. people? Because everybody's heard your network is your net worth. Build a network, right? We've all heard these things. You are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. We all heard these things, but networking is one of the most cliched things that everyone knows, but very few people know how to execute on. Right. right? It's the same thing. And, and when, when we think about it related to business, networking we know is super important, Yet it's always the first thing to slide down the to-do list because there are other things that seem more important in a timely matter, right? Because relationships take time. And so for me, networking is really the, the ultimate way of building relationships with your prospects, building relationships, what we call one, two steppers, your dream partners, your collaborators, your mentors, your coaches. And also networking is, is your ability to get repeat buyers and customers and that's the name of the game, right? Is to nail down all the people we need to be talking to to grow our life happiness and our business success. And it all stems down to our ability to relate to other people and connect with them at their level, um, which is a really important piece. So how would you recommend, you know, folks that are timid to go out there and ask, and I, you know, I talk about like mentorship and, and maybe asking for mentors or what have you, but is there certain ways you'd, you'd help folks at least dip their toe in the water on connections more if they're not sure of what to do? Well, the first, the first step we got to do is understand why the heck are we trying to reach out to somebody, right? Because a lot of times we're like, oh, I know networking is important, but what, why do I need to actually network? right? Like, what is it going to do for me? So we need to understand why we want to network. And then we got to figure out 
who do we want to network with? You know, as an entrepreneur, I may not want to, I may not need to network with a doctor right off the bat. But if there's an entrepreneur who's five years ahead of me, who is a million dollars ahead of me, that person's a perfect person for me to connect with, right? So we have to know who we want to connect with, first of all. And then once we know who we want to connect with is figure out where are they hanging out? Do they hang out on Instagram? Do they have podcasts? Do they write books? Do they hang out on LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok? Where's their platform? Reach out to them on that platform because your, your chances of actually connecting go higher because they're spending more time there. And the more time someone's available, the more likely you are to be seen. So that would be like one of the first things that we have to do um, is to really identify who and why we want to reach out to them and be intentional with what we're doing. Yeah. Well, and I think we've gotten so saturated. I don't know about you, but I, I still laugh at the LinkedIn messages, the generic connection messages. And I'm like, come on. Um, I appreciate it, but I'm sure you did this to a hundred other people. So it's like, I, obviously that's something I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you don't condone, but is there a certain for a messaging side of things, is it that, you know, kind of give first mentality um, or is it just, is there a certain introduction techniques? Cause I think a lot of people are, are used to like, Hey, I want to connect with you more. And it's more of a generic type message. And, and maybe they're not familiar with actually what to write or how to write it properly. Yeah. Well, this goes back to understanding why you want to reach out to someone. Yeah. Most of the time, the more generic the message is, is because they don't have a real reason why they want to connect with you. That's going to serve both parties. Right. They have a reason that's going to serve them. So they send you the same message they sent to Johnny, Billy, Susie, and, and Jeremy. Right. right. But, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to messaging, I, I, I love, I, I love doing what we call the fun fact frenzy. Okay, so this is where you find whoever you're reaching out to. Okay, you find something that you have in common, you find a compliment, or you share how you found them. Okay, some fun fact that bridges the gap between two strangers to make it feel as if you've already been in, co in communication previously. So, you know, for example, when, when we got connected, right. I brought up something that we had in common, which is that you had interviewed a friend of mine. That's right. That immediately lowers your barrier of saying, oh, this guy's just another random spammy outreach who wants to get on the podcast. This is someone who saw the podcast, has a friend on my podcast, which already makes, if you like her, it makes it great, right? And it lowers your guard and barrier to entry. So the fun fact frenzy is find a fun fact, spend 20 seconds on someone's Instagram, find a fun fact, give them a compliment, or share how you came across that person's profile. All of those lower the guard, which increase the response. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And, and, and when, you know, it's funny you mentioned that when you reached out, because I've had others in the past have similar approaches. And I appreciate that because I'm like, okay, he at least did his homework. At some point, he either saw the interview, saw a post, something. Because you'd be surprised is I've gotten a lot of folks. And I, again, I appreciate, I'm grateful for even just the opportunity people reach out and want to be on the podcast. But where it's just like, hey, Brian, I think I'll be a great guest of the podcast. Well, let me know if you want me on. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like there wasn't a hello, like, you know, there wasn't even anything that was cordial. The fact that you took a step further and made that connection point. I mean, obviously that's a, that was a big step. So um, that's good advice. Absolutely. Um, I want to pause that cause I'm sure we'll get back to that in a minute, but I, I do want to make sure I want, I want to get into your, uh, your kind of getting started moments here. Cause I, I think it's fascinating where, and fact check me on this, but you know, you were with the Lakers, my favorite team all time. Big Magic Johnson fan. Um, actually, I was a big Kobe fan too. So, uh, you know, I think any, any Lakers fan um, would say both of those are yep. uh, the, the goats. Um, 
you leave the Lakers though to go out on your own. So you had a good gig there, kind of working your way up. Why did you leave? And and really, my big question is, how did you leave? How did you decide to say I'm going to leave this opportunity that again the optics look like it's really good to branch out and just kind of start fresh on your own? I love I love diving into this, Ryan. This this is great because. I worked for the team for a season. So I was only with them for one season, which just so happened to be Kobe's final season. Okay. Talk about a cool thing for a Lakers fan like me and you super awesome. Okay. But while I was there, I realized that in that role, I was never going to be able to have the impact that I believed I was capable of making. Second thing that I realized was that I didn't really want to work for somebody else. The organization is great. I, one of my best friends in the world, I met her through that job. And had an incredible experience. I mean, some of my greatest memories were watching Kobe on the court in his final game against the Utah Jazz, taking the contestants out, doing the meet and greet with James Worthy and all these people, right? Like, coolest experiences. Doing Playing dodgeball with Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson and, like, at a charity event. Like, all these are super cool experiences. But I knew that to serve my greater purpose, I needed to do something that was not going to be limited by uh, a job requirement. Limited by what other people expected of me. And that's when I really started to, to write and understand, like, I wanted to write this book. Um, and I'll tell you the backstory of how this even came to be in just a second. Here. But I wanted to write this book because I knew that was going to be my way of helping people, right? That was going to be my way of doing that. And I didn't know when to launch this book or how to launch the book, but I knew that the Lakers weren't making the playoffs. And I knew that Kobe Bryant was retiring. So I said, at the end of the month, Kobe retires, I retire. I launched a book on the first of the next month. And that's how I decided to do it. And I said, let's see what happens here. And that's how I ended up launching, launching the book. But it all stemmed back to when I was doing, uh, I was working with a contestant and I had an encounter with Jerry West. And Jerry West basically told me and showed me how important it is to understand the power of our words and our actions over a single person. Because Jerry West made me feel in an elevator ride that we had, like I was the most important person in the world. Yet he's Jerry West and I'm a 22-year-old assistant. And that made me realize that we're just people. And everybody in this world wants to feel the same way, to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, feel that we matter. And so what, we really, what I really tried to do is how can I give this feeling to more and more people? And that's what started to get me going on that. And that's why I said, you know what? I have to believe in myself because if I have something that can change lives, I owe it to myself and to society to live that truth. And that's how I started to get going. And that's why I made the jump from the Lakers job to going out on my own and starting fresh. Did you write the book in a month? So I, I wrote, I, I wrote the book. I had the idea and then I had the, uh, the launch within six months. Okay. So it was a very short turnaround time. Um, but that was partially because I had no idea what I was doing. Right. <laughs> I just knew that I had something that was going to make a difference. And I had a few people that believed in me and I also had my dad. Okay. And my dad is, one of my heroes, okay? And when I was writing this book and we were getting ready for the release, I mean, he helped me come up with the name, him and my mom, but there was a moment where we're sitting around the island and we're, we're walking around the island in my parents' house and I'm like, dad, I'm getting nervous. Like, what if no one buys the book on launch day? Like, I'm gonna feel like a total failure. I'm, I'm leaving the Lakers. What if it just sucks? What if no one reads it, right? You have all the doubts that we have when we're trying to get started, right? We start mm -hmm. to wonder, are we good enough? Is anyone gonna value it? Like, what makes me credible enough for someone to get it? And my dad, my dad looks at me and over the next five minutes, and I'm just going to boil it down here. He gives me a couple really great pieces of advice. 
And the first thing he, he was saying was, Jake, I, it doesn't matter if five people read this book or five million re people read this book, because I promise you that if you're willing to take action, good things are going to happen. That was one of the big pieces of advice that's resonated with me every day since, is that if we take the right action and move forward, we are going to have great things happen that we could not anticipate or expect in advance. That's part A. Part B of this advice was he said, Jake, everybody always wants a shortcut, right? How great would it be to just become a New York Times bestseller right off the bat? How great would it be to make a million dollars on your first funnel attempt? How great would it be to launch your business and just have never have to do outbound outreach ever again, right? Like we have all these things that we want the shortcut to. How great would it be to take a magic pill and you lose 25 pounds and have the ultimate six pack, right? All these great things. And he said, there is no shortcut in life. And we paused and we talked about it a little more. And this is Jake, actually, there is one, sh one shortcut. He said, the only shortcut in life is to start now. And that's the name of the game because the minute you start is the minute you've committed to yourself and committed to a greater purpose. Yeah. And when you look back three years from now, I look back five years from this, it's about five years since I launched my first book. All of the things that have happened since then were because I was willing to make that first action. That's led me to writing two best-selling books. It's led me to travel all over the world as a speaker, speak in China, be invited to speak in China. I mean, I, I could never have imagined that was going to happen, right? When I'm releasing this book and wondering, is anyone going to buy this book? And now I'm, I'm speaking all over the world. The actions that we take will create the future we want. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we were talking right before we got on here about, you know, almost three years into doing this podcast. And I think a lot about what if I never started and the, you know, meeting someone like you or meeting a variety of different people, the networking opportunities, just the learning, all of that stuff that goes into it. And, and same with like writing as well, some writing I'm doing. Um, so I appreciate that. I mean, that's one, too. I, I think it's it, the books. I mean, because sometimes I mean, I've had a variety of different folks on here that have said, Brian, I've taken three or four years to write books. I've Some have, have been as, as quick turnarounds as yours. I think the answer is that there's no right answer, right? It's whatever's best for you. If you want to start today and you can write it in a month, go write it in a month. Um, and it's just a matter of, and, and I think too, did you write it? Um, I'm curious how you went through the writing process. Like, did you write just a little bit each day? Did you just sit for a week and just pound it out? How did you go through it? <laughs> My process was crazy, man. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I wish I had like a good answer, but, but this answer may be the answer someone needs to hear. I would, I didn't, I don't like traffic in Los Angeles. And every day to go to the Lakers office, if I were to leave my, my house to get there during regular time, it would take me about two and a half hours. It was just not going to happen for me. Wait, so, wait, what? two and a half hours? So it was like 45 miles away. I had to oh, go okay. past all the freeways. Wow. And it's like by the airport. Like it was, it was a long drive. I'd sit in traffic. It sucked, right? So I would leave before traffic, leave super early in the morning, get to the office. Now I couldn't get into the office until 30 minutes to an hour before. I would sit in my car over my laptop and just write. And then I'd spend a weekend just going to town and writing. So I wrote the entire book in less than two months. And the first book was about 120 pages. So it's not crazy long. It's not, you know, 50,000 words or whatever people like tend to think of when they see a book, 250 pages, 300 pages. This was a shorter book, a guide to show people how to stand out in the job market and discover their passion. And I just wrote and I kept writing and writing and writing. And I showed up every single day. Even if it was just five words, I just showed up to write and kept writing and writing. And that's the name of the game, you know, is to figure out what works for you and then attach a deadline if possible to, so that you can actually execute on that, right? Because Parkinson's law will state, the longer you give, the more space you have, the more you'll fill up that space or that time or that right. budget, right? 
And so I put a deadline on it knowing that I was like, okay, I want to get this done as soon as possible. I want to release it, you know, at the end of the year, right? At the end of the, the season. And so that forced me to stay on pace and create a timeline, which then held me back to creating the, the right action steps, which I think is super important. But in terms of actually writing, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I had words and a message and stories to tell that could change the lives of college students and young professionals around the world. And so that's what my mission was to do. And then I got help from people that had written books before. I got help from, uh, you know, freelancers to, to design it and do all of those things. And so that's how I built it is I, I enlisted a team around it. I want to ask you about um, confidence because, I mean, you're, you're a young gentleman. You're not as old as I am. You're not 37 like I am. So you've, you know, so as you're writing this book and you were what, 22-ish, 23 when yeah, you wrote the 22. book? Yeah, 22. So my question is around confidence because I, I talk with a lot of folks about this. I look in the mirror myself on confidence is how did you have that confidence? So you had the idea, but how did you have the confidence to actually put it out? yourself because I know you said you said your dad gave you some good words but it's really overcoming that fear inside you to do it so did you have that fear and if you did how did you overcome that yeah man I I mean I definitely had that fear I think anytime we do something new or say we want to do something that is more advanced than where we're at it's intimidating right and if it wasn't intimidating then it wouldn't be challenging or wouldn't be worth it right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if I didn't have the nerves or if I wasn't, you know, wondering if it's going to work out, then it would have been too easy, right? And, and it wouldn't have excited me as much. Now, that being said, there was a lot of doubts for me around, can a 22-year-old write a career development book, right? Because the first thing was, what makes you credible to write that? You are literally in your first job, your first year out of college. What makes you the person to write the book on career development? And for the longest time, I struggled with that because I was like, what does make me credible for that? Like, I don't, I'm not as knowledgeable as some other people. I don't have 20 years of experience. And so what I did was two things. One, internally, I said, you know what? I, I'm the best person to write this book because I just went through this process and I know what it takes to get a job right now. So I'm the best person to be teaching it rather than someone who's been around for 40 years who was outdated and didn't go through it. Sometimes the recent transformation is the most powerful transformation. And then secondly, I interviewed a bunch of different people to bring added credibility so that I could leverage their experience with what I had just gone through. So that was really important. But in terms of the confidence, man, it was like, it was like, there's a chance that it doesn't work out. And that's, that's tough for everybody. But I also knew that there was a chance that it did work out. And I decided to play the factor of if I want to achieve X, Y, Z, right? If I want to achieve what I define as success, or if I want to get to the place that I have in my mind of what's possible, I have to be willing to make this action step. I have to be willing to go for it and put myself out there. And if it doesn't work, I learned it'll hurt. I'll cry a little bit and I'll get back on my horse and do it again and try to make something happen even better. But that's kind of how I've always been. And like the worst thing that can happen is someone says no. The worst thing that someone can do is tear you apart and that sucks. But we can always rebuild ourselves. We can always find someone else who believes in us. And so that's kind of how, how I've, I approached it when I was first getting going. And how did you, um, how'd you go about launching the book? Did you just use like Amazon, um, the publishing? Did you get some publisher to work with? How, how did you go about that process and actually pre-launch, but also actually getting the book launched? The first one, or you can talk about the second one as well. 
so I, I, I self-published it through Amazon create space platform, which is now KDP they've, they've joined. Um, and it was an awesome experience. I mean, look for the timeline that I had, I, I wasn't going to have it. And I was a first time writer. So young, like what publisher was going to pick up that, that book. I didn't, I didn't have like a script or anything. I just wrote the book. Like that's what it was. Right. And I wasn't like, you hear the stories of people having to reach out to 87,000 publishers before they get one meeting. I wasn't, I wasn't in the cards for me. I wasn't interested in doing that at the time. And so I, I did it. I said, let's go. We're just going to do it. And I started researching how to, how to launch a book. That's literally what I typed in Google. How do I launch a book? How do I self-publish a book? And I started finding out all the answers. Go to CreateSpace, do this, upload the book cover, get it, make sure it's in the right dimensions, do all these things. So then I went to Fiverr and, and very cheaply because I was, I was balling on a budget. I said, okay, who's a copywriter? Who's a proofreader? Who, and I had a friend who did my cover design. She was awesome. And that's how I got ready to launch a book. And then the next thing, because I'm one of those people that like, I always want to do things. If I'm going to do it, I might as well go all in and do it. So I typed in how to become a bestseller on Amazon. And I started learning everything that I could do to become a bestseller so that I had the right marketing plan and the right launch strategy that would get me there. And that's exactly what happened is I followed the systems, followed the steps, made my notes, worked my ass off and boom, the day it launches, it becomes an Amazon bestseller in multiple categories. And it goes on to be number new, number one new release in multiple other categories. And it was an awesome, awesome experience. Had a big launch party, which was really fun and, and rewarding. And, and that, you know, to come full circle on this is, you know, when you do something big and you do something that's scary and do something that's challenging, no matter what the result of it is, you need to celebrate the process and enjoy the, the moments that these things happen in. Because if it does fail, you're still going to have a positive memory for trying, for, for doing something that you can learn from. And if it does go really well, you're going to have that memory of saying, you know what, I was able to share this moment with a lot of my friends and my family. And that, that was really cool for me is when I launched it, I got to do it around all of my friends from college. I got to do it around a lot of my hometown friends. We had a big party at my parents' house. And it was one of those moments that was just, I'll never forget. And, you know, sometimes we, we get so caught up in what we want to do that we lose sight on the fact that we got to enjoy it in that pursuit of what we want to do. Dude, absolutely. Very, very well said. How did the, um, the speaking, obviously that seems like a big part of what you like to do. And, and I saw some, some little short videos there. Do it. You do a good job up there. You get the crowd riled up. Um, how did you get into speaking? Was that because of the book? Was that something different that you had some opportunities? Did you reach out to folks or people reaching out to you? How did that process work? Yeah. Great, great question. So when I released the book, I was still in the, in the stage where I wanted to be a sports agent. So that's really what I want to do. I want to be a sports agent. This book was just a way of helping people and, and me doing something unique and different that would add to my life resume to boost my potential credibility with an agent to see, Oh, I'm a self-starter. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so what I did was I, I released the book. I went on my first trip to Europe and to celebrate and when I came back, people started saying, well, what's next? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. And they said, well, and then someone told me that you could be a speaker. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, you can get paid to speak. And because you have a book, it might make it a little bit easier because you're now seen as an expert. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, like someone will pay me money to talk to them for a duration of time. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize how big of an industry or how much people got paid doing this thing. And so I said, I'm a speaker, let's go. And so I started then reaching out to a mentor of mine. One of the same mentors helped me write the book and, and motivated me to get the book off the ground. And he's a big time speaker. And I, and I, I asked him some questions and uh, he was like, well, this is what you need to do. 
And so he gave me some advice and I said, all right, let's do it. So I made a list of every single community college that existed in California, all 111, 113, whatever it is, and every department that I could potentially speak to. It was still way too broad at this time, but I was like, okay, I speak to this department, I speak to this department, I speak to this department. So I had like 20 contacts from every single community college. And I reached out to every single one of them, pitching myself, calling them, following up with them, trying to get gigs. And I got a couple gigs. And that's how I started becoming a speaker is I did all this outreach. Someone gave me a chance and then I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Were you, were you nervous as hell doing that? Get in front, get up in front of people or. I, I love speaking. So, you know, like, like I mentioned some of the things I did when I was younger, when I was in fourth grade, I, I had like a Toastmaster speech is, is what we called them like growing up. Right. Yeah. And, I, and, and so in fourth grade, everyone's like, I don't want to go first. I want to go last. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be there. Like, I don't want to speak in three to five minutes. I remember vividly in fourth grade um, that I was doing a speech on Jackie Robinson. And not only did I want to go first or I wanted to go last because I was like the best goes last. Like I want to close up shop is I remember I dressed up fully and I didn't start my speech at the front of the room. I came in from the side of the room, ran in, did a slide on the ground in my Jackie Robinson uniform, got up and yelled safe, just like reenacting the, like the famous scene that I had, I, had, I had depicted in a photo that I was holding of Jackie Robinson stealing home. And then I give the whole presentation on Jackie Robinson. I loved, I've always loved to speak, to communicate and to talk. Um, but when I did that first gig, that was something else. That was something because it was different, right? It was, it was my job now. It was the future. And it was something that I had never done before. So again, you start to, you start to hope everything works out. You start to wonder, what if I forget all of my lines? What if, what if I totally butcher it? What if no one likes it? What if there's no engagement? What if no one shows up? Right? You have all these thoughts. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But you just got to own it and know that you got the stuff and that what you're going to do is going to change someone's life. And if you could take someone from a, a two or a three to a six or a seven, their life has been changed. And that is because of the words that you've said or the way you've made them feel to inspire them to move forward. Yeah. Do, do you have any ever have, I guess, moments of, you know, despair and certainty, maybe like, you know, you're like down in the dumps. Like, how do you get, do you have any of those? And if you do, how do you get yourself out of it? Cause it, that's something, you know, I struggle with from time to time. It's like, you know, I'm very happy. I'm optimistic about the world, but sometimes you get really down in the dumps. I, I'm just curious how you handle that and, and how you get out of that, get yourself back up to speed. I'd be lying if I said I never did that, right? Like, I think every single human being has those days where they're like, this sucks, <laughs> or something doesn't go their way, and then something else doesn't go their way, and you're like, oh my gosh, right? Like, but what I try to do when these things happen is I acknowledge the way I'm feeling, you know? And I think I think I owe my mom a lot of credit here because she's a psychologist, clinical social worker, taught at the USC Graduate School of Social Work. So like, she's I've always had like a psychologist, you know, kind of like with me. And so for me, it's, if I'm in the down in the dumps, it's to acknowledge that I feel that way. That's the first thing that I like to do is I like to acknowledge that, you know what, I'm not feeling it right now. Second thing I try to do is I try to do something that is something that I enjoy. So if I'm feeling down in the dumps, and, and even recently, I had a day where I just wasn't feeling it. And I could just I could just tell it was like 10 in the morning, I was like, I'm not feeling it. And instead of trying to push through and power through, I took a break, I paused, I went outside for a nice long walk because that I love, I love walking out outside and I came back and I still wasn't at the top level, but I was like, I'm, I started to feel better. And then I came in and I showed up and I did what I needed to do to show up. I didn't complete everything I wanted to complete, but I showed up and did that first thing because I wanted to commit to myself that when I say I'm going to do something, I will do that thing. And then I started to just continue to 
go one step at a time and start to build myself back up. So for me, whenever I'm down in the dumps, I acknowledge it. I try to reframe it and I continue to move forward because I know that there are better things, bigger and better things ahead. I just got to keep going. And you, you've mentioned a couple of times about your parents. Um, you, you talk about this one mentor that helped you with the book and speaking. How important, I mean, I'm assuming it's important, but really how important has support systems been having the right circles, the right people around you? And maybe in the same way in that, avoiding or taking away the negative, you know, the, the detractors, if you will, um, from your success. How, how important has it been to balance that? It's, it's huge. It's huge. And I'm like, I, I want to answer this question, but I'm, I'm going to spend more time on the second part of that, which is around the, the negative side of things, the, the avoiding, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that you got to surround yourself with great people. Everyone knows that. Super, super important. It's very important, though, to not surround yourself with the environment or the people that do not aid to your growth, okay? Now, when I first left the Lakers and started my business and launched the book, there were a lot of people that said, what the heck are you doing, Jake? There was a lot of shit talking behind my back. There was a lot of people doubting if I would ever make it. There were a lot of people saying, what are you thinking? Why would you ever do that? And at first it killed me. Like it hurt so bad because I knew who was saying these things. And these were supposed to be like friends. And over time, what I realized is that as you evolve, people are either going to evolve with you or they're going to stay in their own ways. And if they can't grow with you in the ways you need them to grow, that's okay because not every friend serves the same purpose. Not every person that is in your life serves the same purpose. And here's what I mean by that. There are friends, some of those friends that I remember early on talking shit about me. It doesn't mean I still don't love them. It just means they're not going to be the ones that I'm going to surround myself to go to the top with. But they could be the best person in the world to go get a drink with after a bad day because they might lift you up. All of our friends can serve a different purpose in our life. Think about some of the childhood friends that you had. Some of those friends are just great to reminisce on memories, but they're not going to be business partners. Mm-hmm. You have your college buddies. They may be great to drink with, but they may not be the ones you go work out with. You may have people that are do-it-all friends that can do it all. And those are the closest friends, right? And so this was a huge realization for me as I continue to grow is that it's okay if someone can't do everything you want them to do. Or if you can't do something that they want you to do. But if you both understand and communicate, you can enjoy and maximize that relationship to the fullest. And so when it comes to avoiding or not hanging out with or uh, you know, separating yourself from people, it's important to know why you're doing it. And it's important to communicate openly and honestly and to let them know, hey, I'm going in this direction. Do you... Are you going to go in this direction with me? And if not, that's okay. We can still be friends, but it's just not going to be at that that level, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, no, yeah. I, I I agree 100%. And I was going to add on that is, you know, sometimes, especially if you're in friend group for a while, you may have to be that leader in the group, meaning they, yeah, they may say negative things like people were saying to you or, oh my gosh, what the hell are you thinking about or whatever? But they may actually have to, it's almost like sometimes seeing is believing. They have to see you accomplish like these, what seems like outrageous goals. And maybe it kicks them into gear to be like, whoa, wait a minute, what am I holding back from? What can I do? So I think there's some importance as well of, you don't always have to cut people out if they're negative or if they're not sharing because they may be going through stuff. You, you don't always know um, some of the fears or anxieties that they have as well. So I, I think that's well said though. I think it's, 
um, kind of understand there's different types of groups that you have, but surrounding yourself with ones that really uplift you. Um, it, it's been vital in my life. It seems like in yours as well. And I didn't figure that out for a while though. Unfortunately, I wish I figured out at a younger age, but yeah. now that I have, it's been amazing of what it's done, especially with the last handful of years. That's awesome. That it's so, so powerful, you know, and, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. <laughs> we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because if we hear someone doubt us, then we wonder, well, should we even be doing this in the first place? And if someone said, or on the flip side, if someone's like, you got this, it's like, holy shit, I can actually do this. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to rely on outside factors to build us up or tear us down. When in reality, the, the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important relationship that we can, that we can have to be positive, right? And that relationship, when we can focus on our mindset, our beliefs, when we tell ourselves the right thing, when that voice inside of our head that starts to be negative, we reframe it to positive, then we can start to really continue to advance. So love what you're saying. Um, and I, it just gets me fired up, man. Absolutely. So what are you excited about going forward the next six months here? What do you got in your plate? What are some uh, programs you're doing? We got, we got a lot of big things going on, man. And I'm so excited about them all. But one of our main focuses uh, right now is building out our elite elevation coaching program. So working with people who are trying to really get started on their first business, trying to grow their first business to consistent 10K months, six, six figures in a year, helping people make the transition from the corporate lifestyle into the, the online business space. Um, and really, really building that out as we work with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. So that's like something that brings me incredible joy because I get to combine like the empathy and, and the excitement and the understanding and the listening with the pure motivation from the sports coaching background all together to just give incredible systems and processes to people and see their lives change. So that right now is just absolutely firing me up. And uh, we're going to continue to build that out and speak as we can, as we can get back out into to gigs and, and do things like that. Well, so let's let's end on this note. I want to uh, I want you to share your advice. Um, you know, I always like to ask if you went if you went had to go back to your younger self. So let's go back to the teenage, you know, Jake. What one piece of advice do you think would have been the most impactful to share with that individual at that time? And I, I always like to say, you know, we, we try to make it fun as you have a very short, concise. You know, it's on the post-it note if you've seen. So, what would you say to that person uh, to help them a little further on their journey? I, I would say this, I would say um, to per pursue success relentlessly. Let me rephrase that. To pursue your definition of success relentlessly, but at the same time, enjoy the process. Because for me, the hardest part was I've always wanted to go, 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 result, 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 ambition, ambition, ambition that sometimes I forgot to enjoy the moments along the way, which we talked a little bit about, about how it's important to celebrate those things. And I was always just focused on where I wanted to go, that sometimes I lost sight on where I am. And since I've understood that, the process has been more fun. I've been able to laugh at the mistakes more. I've been able to grow faster. I've been able to see more clearly and be more appreciative of the moment. So that would be my advice. If it's on a post-it note, it would say pursue success relentlessly while also enjoying the journey. Awesome, dude. That's a good mic drop moment to end on. I like that. And I'm, and I'm glad you seem like you're having a lot of fun. You got a ton of energy. This was uh, this was fun to get you on and chat for a few minutes and, and certainly appreciate you reaching out. You know, it's, it's so funny. You talk about networking. That's how we started this conversation. You know, sometimes someone has to at least make the outreach at some point. Right. Um, so the fact that you, you know, you reached out, we were able to connect further and now, you know, maybe building a longer relationship here. 
um, it, it's awesome. So I'm certainly appreciative of it and what you're doing. And, uh, you know, congrats to your success and, and future success as well. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. This was, uh, this was a fun interview. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by. Um, if you want to connect further, please head over to my website, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com as well as connect with me on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Andreco or search me on LinkedIn, just Brian Andreco. Um, I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.